Hey, hey, happy Tuesday, everyone. Um, this is your host, uh, not Ryan Duffy, but actually Mo Islam, co-founder of Payload. And today we're gonna actually flip things around a little bit. Um, my guest is uh, Payload's very own managing uh, editor, Ryan Duffy, and your usual host of Pathfinder, but we've actually temporarily fired him. Not because he's bad at his job, but because we think he's a bit overdue for being on the hot seat. So here he is today. Um, I, for one, am very excited to get into Ryan's head for the next hour. Um, but we do have to thank, before we get into the conversation, our fine sponsors of today's episode, which is Space Ventures, um, the planet's first um, space investment portal. Space Ventures recently launched an effort to open an investment round in SpaceX. Um, they've received over $17.1 million in pledges from over 1,000 investors, not to mention that there's over $80 million in private interest looking to add to the petition. Um, and you know, with this kind of traction, Space Ventures is on its way to becoming the first investment portal to conduct a SpaceX allocation. Um, so very exciting. Um, if you're interested in investing in SpaceX, you can be part of history by heading over to the Space Ventures website. That's spacedventures.com. That's space with an ED. Um, then pledge to invest in SpaceX. Um, no commitment required. You can check out their website, spacedventures.com, for more information. Um, so, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. You crushed the roles it. are reversed. Great, great intro. The roles are reversed. How does it feel? Thank you. Thank you. I've been it's, practicing the one. I, I was practicing that all night. It's literally it's Freaky Friday, and for the record, we're recording on a Friday, so it's perfect. The stars are aligned. Yes, yes, yes. So, so happy Tuesday, but also happy Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, um, happy Tuesday. Hey, hey, exactly. Um, so I, I get to ask all the questions today, um, and I get to go off script, and I get to go off agenda whenever I feel like, and there's nothing you can do about it. That's pretty exciting, right? <laughs> yes, and it's all on the record. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, um, to really kick things off, I think there's one thing that the audience um, may not know about you that I remember we talked about when uh, we first met. And it's such a great story uh, that I'd love for you to share with the world. Um, and so for context for the audience, um, Ryan is a huge runner and uh was once a very routine runner but ryan i think i think you know where i'm getting going with this so uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna let you take it away and explain oh my god mo bringing up a painful memory at, at simultaneously <laughs> very very proud but also painful so yes i'm a i'm a reformed runner in high school i ran very competitively and had the option to run track in, in cross country and in, in college at, at a D1 or D3 level. And I didn't, and I'm probably better off for it, but I ran the, the Boston Marathon my junior year. And then I raised, I raised $15,000 for Dana-Farber. And after that, I stopped running. And I, and I, you know, I, I felt something lacking a few years after graduating from college. And I was like, okay. And, I, and also I was a little out of shape. So I was like, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to run a mile every day. And I ran a mile every day for 1,027 days in a row. And I mean, I ran through rain, shine, like everything, including COVID and the flu and New York City winters. And it ended not because of an injury, not because of illness, but because I just forgot one day. It's the most anticlimactic <laughs> thing ever. I, I got I to gotta say, um, even though it was an anticlimactic um ending to it all um the fact that you did that for as long as you did requires an insane amount of discipline i mean truly like an incredible amount of discipline so i mean hats off to you for even like getting as far as you did um i did we ever confirm i ran in like i ran probably 30 i would say 30 to 50 miles in these uh for anyone who's not watching their flip-flops and just because I had to do my mile and it was nighttime and I was wherever. And it was just so funny because I would run on the road and you could hear them smacking and people thought that like, people thought they were about to get attacked just because the, the, the sound of, of flip flops, uh, hitting the ground just scared, scared the living bejesus. I have a quick question on this one. Um, is there, what is sort of like the, um, maybe, maybe craziest is the right word or maybe like just like the most, um, like unlikely time you'd run a mile that you did run a mile yeah so it was when i was in austin before i briefly lived in new york and there was just a very severe summer thunderstorm in austin and i but i had to do my mile and you know if i got struck by lightning so be it and 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 i, I remember i was taking like a big jump over a puddle 
And, and it didn't matter because I was completely soaking wet, but I was still for some reason trying to avoid this puddle. And uh, there, there, was, there was a bolt of lightning and, and like the thunderclap. And it scared me so badly. Like as I was in midair, I, I just completely tilted over and fell into the puddle. Like, like a, a <laughs> the, the, the sound and like visceral effect of, of lightning, like knocked me over into a puddle. Um, but I finished the month. That's, that's amazing. I've been, I've been hit by two cars. I, that's never been, that, that's the first time that this is being released into the public record. Very, very slowly, but I've been hit by two cars. You would be, you would be, <laughs> maybe you wouldn't be shocked, but the amount of people who pull up to a stop sign and start to turn right without like looking the other way is, is astonishing. And I know because I, I've been hit twice, but also like I've, it, I've had 20 close calls. So this is, this, this yeah, is, uh, well, I, I did not expect to talk about this this morning. So you're doing a plus so far, Mo. So did, uh, did, um, uh, did we ever find out if there's any type of Guinness record around this? Because I bet even if there isn't, yes. you probably own whatever that record is. There there's, I, I don't know what the actual Guinness record is, but I know that there is like a club and I don't know why I, I didn't join it, but there, there's a website or an app where people do this and it's a community based thing. It's honor system. And there are people who have done this for 30 years. So, Oh, wow. Okay. Well then I guess you, you, you might, <laughs> you might have some time. And, and, and people, people are always like, Oh, like who, who's going to verify? Like, why would I lie about running a mile? Like when I didn't run the mile, yep. I, I told it, I told everyone it was, it was sad. And then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to start again. And then I realized how old I would be to, to tie my record and pass it. Yeah. And I was like, this is just, it's too intimidating. Well, amazing. Amazing that you've, you amazing that you, that it's a, it's a great accomplishment, but, um, let's just, let's jump into the meat of this. Ryan, um, tell us a little bit about your role at Payload and what you're really helping us uh, build. Yes, so I am the managing editor and I used to be the, the host of, of Pathfinder, but un unfortunately uh, that didn't work out. <laughs> so, but, but as, as the managing editor, I steer uh, our coverage, uh, our high level strategy in terms of curation and you know, where we're investing our, our time and resources. And I manage an ever-growing newsroom. And so full-time employees right now, that consists of me, Rachel Zisk, and Jacqueline Felcher. I hope I pronounced that right. That's the first time I've ever said her, her name out loud. I think but, it's right. I but, think it's right. But yes, shout out, shout out to both of them. And shout out to Jacqueline because she joined, she joined on Tuesday. So... We also, I mean, we, we also have a stable of contributors and interns and just, you know, freelance folks that we work with. And so when I say ever growing, I mean, it. we're, 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 we're ever growing. And, and, you know, I say that we, we work across four time zones and two continents, which really kind of overstates, it, it overstates the, the, the size I would say of payload because we, we are still very, very, very small. We're, we're, yeah. we're a lean, mean fighting machine. Yes. But growing quickly. So, Absolutely. um, so, so, so Ryan, I actually took some time to go through some of your old tweets and, uh, oh God, you don't have to I'm worry because I'm about to get canceled. You're, you're not, you're not going to get canceled. Um, I actually do want to quote a part of a tweet that you tweeted, um, the day you joined payload which was, I've been mesmerized by the cosmos since before I can remember. So talk to us a little bit about that. How long have you been interested in space and, and what's what's driven your um, your desire to join an organization like this and really help um, be such a vital part of our growth? I think it was either the last episode or the episode before, but we were talking, I, I think it was with Laura, we were talking about, you know, she wanted to be an astronaut from a young age. And I, I wasn't sure, so I went back and, and checked my notes, aka talked to my parents. I did not want to be an astronaut. I wanted to be. Uh, I wanted to be a, a trash man, a garbage man, and ride on the back of the the garbage trucks. But I mean, I I always love space. And wait, I'm sorry. You, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to. T you, you can't just gloss over. This is my, the this fact is like, that you wanted this, to. This is my like. <laughs> 
I asked for this for Christmas for 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 like three years, and I mean it's, it's it's an expensive lightsaber. Also, by the way, I brought this from Dallas from my my childhood. Yeah, for the listeners who aren't watching the video, they'll Ryan hear Ryan just they'll broke out a, a lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. a, a very realistic lightsaber. They'll they'll hear it. Uh, but but no, I I mean I had I read so many space books. You know, I, I, honestly, compared to the Compared to like the average payload reader or pathfinder listener, I, I, I'm just being honest here. I probably, you know, wasn't as completely all in on space, but I was always super, super interested. And I think that there isn't like inherent instinctive baseline interest and fascination across humanity for space. You know, it, it, it just, it, it, it's like the, it's the, the final frontier. And there, there are so many reasons I think why we are, we are drawn at least to a certain level to space. And I would say that, you know, I, I, I would, I would index my, my interest was like higher than the average person, of course. And, sure. but, but again, a lot of, a lot of folks who, a lot of folks in our community and our audience knew from day day one that they were going to go into space and honestly like i i don't think that i knew that but i also didn't know if there was a path for me because i'm not you know i'm not non-technical by by training education and whatnot and so i i I didn't know if there was even going to be an opportunity so long story long story short but 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 yes long story short uh that lightsaber was the best Christmas present I ever got. Amazing. Well, we're going to get into your non-space background in a, in a little bit, but um, before we jump into that, maybe give us a little bit about, um, you know, how, how, how did you end up at Payload? Like, give us your career arc. You, you have a very interesting sort of educational background and then ultimately how you, how you landed here with us, but give us, uh, give us some of that story. And, and we, have your, uh, we have your dog in the background, so maybe you can int- introduce him. Kobe, Kobe, say hi. Uh, so the, the, the garbage... Friday's trash day. I'm sorry, Mo. Like I want to quit and go run and jump on the, the trash truck because that's my childhood dream. But he, he's very scared of he's very scared of of uh, trash. The, the truck. It, it should be gone soon. But uh, I'm sorry. You'll you'll have to repeat the question. No, no. Tell us a little bit. Just uh, you know, I I think it it would be really great to just kind of hear really from um, school onward. Like, how did you? Maybe a little bit about your kind of career path and you know yeah. how you ended up with us. Yeah, so I have a pair of degrees in uh, international studies and global policy studies. And what what does that mean? I don't know. Uh, it's 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 interdisciplinary, a lot of econ, obviously a lot of foreign policy, geopolitics. Very very useful in this day and age. But I was on a pre-law track and then I realized I didn't want to be a lawyer, but I am good at arguing and being persuasive and I'm, I think, I think I'm pretty good at writing. And so then, you know, pretty late in the game, I was like, okay, this journalism, you know, writing as a career thing is interesting. Is it workable? Is there a viable path? Probably not. And I, I, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll get into my, my last like really formative and major media experience later, but I got really lucky and the, the stars aligned and, uh, you know, I found, I found a way in and I, I found a way to do it and make ends meet. And, and that's a, a lot more than, than, than most folks can say, you know, it's, it's, uh, there, there are a lot of people who want to do this. So, I mean, I, I count my blessings, but kind of stumbled into it. Didn't again, you know, when I was nine years old, didn't, didn't, uh, know that I wanted to do, uh, be, be a writer. And I honestly think of myself more as a writer than a journalist. I guess I've expanded beyond the written word, but I, I think, I think that when I wrote a voluntarily wrote an essay about the constitutionality of of, you know, uh, certain climate change measures. And again, this was not for a class. I, I voluntarily wrote it. And it was when I was in studying abroad in, in Dubai. And 
I just wrote it at night and submitted it to public policy journals. That's when I realized like, okay, like I, I like this writing thing, but yep. I digress. Well, you're a great writer. That's for sure. No, but well, well, well tell us a little bit. Okay. So, um, um, you know, uh, I know you didn't name it, but of course, like before you were at payload, you were at morning brew. Um, and then you decided to join us at payload. Oh, oh yes. You, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You asked, you asked about you're, you're doing a great job at moderating. I'm just, you know, I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to just lay the compliments on so that I don't get fired from, I've already been fired from the hosting job. I don't want to get fired from the managing editor job, but no, that's good. You're getting us back on track. So how did I join payload? So I don't, I want to be, I want to be, uh, I want to be diplomatic here on the other side of the, uh, on the other side of the table. Normally I ask the tough questions and the folks that I'm talking to are like, what can we reveal? What do we not want to reveal? But ask it to you here, here's, here's what happened. Let me ask it to you, you y'all, y'all, y'all caught word through the grapevine that I might be looking to leave my last job and reached out through a mutual connection, uh, who we, we, we work with pretty closely, not, you know, not at, at payload, but our, our newsletter stack is built on their platform. And sure. we had an initial call and I was like, what the hell do these guys want to talk about? Like I knew who Ari was because of, I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to get in trouble. No holds barred, but I, I you know, I, I'd seen Ari on my timeline a lot with like the, the grind set you know, marketing, like thread tweets. Correct. He was, he was, he was at the time doing all the, what does this guy want to, what does this guy want to talk to me about? And you were also on the call and then y'all told me about payload and I was like, Oh wow, this is very interesting. And I mean, from that day to me signing the offer, it was very quick. It was, it was like, you know, it was less than a month. And so yes, it was, it was a, a pretty, pretty high conviction. It was, it was, uh, you know, I, I didn't have any regrets. Was, was it like the, was it, was it like the, the safe smart bet? No, but startups never are. <laughs> no, that's right. And, uh, you were our, uh, you know, you're the very first hire, um, for the business. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, clearly a tremendous amount of risk, uh, at the time. And, you know, I mean, still is today because we are still a startup, but, um, no, we've been, uh, you know, you've, you've done such a phenomenal job at sort of building the product and, 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 um, and, and growing the newsroom. So maybe, um, let, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, you know, we now have this fledgling newsroom, like it was one, you know, not that long ago. Um, and now we're pretty much at four full time, especially if we can, if we, um, in, you know, include Jess, um, in that, cause I know she's been helping out a lot, a lot there and, and in two part time, but, but. T tell us a little bit about, you know, how things have changed from your perspective, just on the newsroom side, like in terms of our ability to, to cover more stories or like just taking stuff off your plate. Like, how are you, like, how has that transition been going right. from one person to now, you know, m many more? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's obviously night and day. We, I joined 13 months ago, it's just, just a level set. I joined 13 months ago. I had a month to get ramped up on space to a level that I, you know, I'm, 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 a, I, I am somewhat of a perfectionist in that I like to know the subject matter that I'm covering two layers of like complexity deeper than what we're actually going to write to the audience. So I had a month to get up to speed on that. And then simultaneously, you know, determine our playbook and our strategy for switching from an M the MVP, the weekly newsletter that you, you started and that you and Ari were writing to a daily newsletter. And, and then, you know, we, we launched that and the one year anniversary of that was on Tuesday or Wednesday, it was this week. But I think that the, the, the big, there, there are a few big changes. One of course is just the bandwidth has expanded and that is very important because like, look, look, let's be honest. Like I, I've, it's been burning both, both ends of the candle a lot. And the space beat is very, very unforgiving and demanding. And mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the typical newsletter model 
for for a daily newsletter, you can schedule, as we say in the industry, set the newsletter, but all that means is schedule it. Like the night before, you cannot do that for space. Like it's not, you, you could do it, but you just, it would be inaccurate in the morning or it wouldn't be comprehensive or up to date. So, so yeah, so, so it's, it's, it's a weird, you know, it's a weird schedule, but, but first it's a function of bandwidth Two, you know, as we, as we grow up the newsroom there, we get to diversify and specialize a little more, but behind the scenes, I think the really important things that I've been watching and that we've made a lot of progress on was when, you know, when, when we flipped the switch and started daily, the newsletter was a hundred percent. Well, actually it wasn't, there was original reporting in the first daily newsletter we ever sent, but, but largely mm -hmm. it was curation and aggregation, you know? Right. So, so what yeah. that means is we were like writing up other stories and we were, you know, we weren't setting the narrative or, or doing our own sort of at the front, like cutting Like we were, we were aggregate. Yeah. I mean, we were aggregating other people's news and we still do that. I mean, there's, there's a, that's why the newsletter model works very well. Like the, the second half of, of any given payload is a lot of aggregation, but I think we very decisively and very swiftly moved into original reporting, original content, you know, our own conversations, not, not us writing up other people, other people's conversations, our own analysis, right. that sort of thing. And then the other, you know, informal, I, I, I don't know, like marker of, of, of success or progress that I tracked. I describe this as a pendulum because when we started and, and this, you know, at my last job, I, and, and, I, and I know because this happened at my last job, you start out you're an unknown quantity, you're, you're a nobody. And you know, you send like, it's, it's, it's just like sales or, or, or BD or whatever. Like I sent tons of cold emails, like requesting to do interviews, like to serve the goal of what I was just talking about to like, you know, yeah, it's a grind set, 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 set our own tone and like write our own damn stories, uh, that you have to talk to people. Um, and at the beginning, like, people are less inclined to pick up the phone. And so, and so uh, one like marker, I, I suppose of success is, is the, the, the pendulum starts to swing, you know, your, your hit rate, like people will take you up on your offer to talk, which we are always very grateful for. And, and at the beginning, it makes sense. Like we, you know, we're an unknown quantity. Like these people are all super busy. Their time is very valuable. The opportunity cost of talking to this dingus is like pretty high. So, but, but, but at a certain point, if you succeed in what you've set out to do, the pendulum has, has flipped and it's not outbound. Like, like the inbound is more than the outbound. Uh, and, and, and we're the ones that have to start saying no to, to calls and, and opportunity, like, you know, event, that sort of thing just for lack of time yeah. and bandwidth. And, and we, well, we hit that, well, we hit that really, we hit that really quickly at payload. And then, you know, on, honestly, I pathfinder, we, we hit it even faster at, at pathfinder, which makes sense because the podcast format is obviously high profile, great, great, great place to, for, for the thought leaders to get their, right. their thoughts out. Exactly. Well, it's interesting because like when we, when we moved, um, when we were contemplating going from weekly to daily, you know, one of the questions that we were, we kept asking ourselves, um, and, and we're still surprised that we even asked ourselves this question back then was like, is there enough content to do daily? And, uh, and I think it was to be quite frank. I remember when we started the daily, we were like, uh, you know, we were all worried. We we're like, is, is there going to be enough content? And like, I mean, maybe talk about what's changed from sort of our thoughts of the potential lack of content to talk about to today. Yeah, that, that was, of course, a, a top of mind concern. And I think it was a, it was a, a concern that I was very, I was like sharing with y'all and, you know, 12 months into this, it's, if, if anything, it's like even a daily newsletter that on average is about 1400 to 1500 words, even that's like not enough. Like, like I, you know, like I was alluding to earlier, space does not sleep, 
Rockets do not adhere to the Eastern nine to five work schedule. And there is so much happening. And at the beginning, you know, I, I myself, I, I'm, I'm an outsider. Like I, I, I covered space a little bit at the last job, but not to the level or with the attention of detail that, that we bring to bear at payload. And so yep. getting up to speed, I started to realize, okay, this is, this is, um, this is, this is definitely a workable proposition for a daily newsletter, but also I think there, there wasn't, you know, there's part of the, the payload thesis and, but there wasn't a, a good sort of repository or, or, or media product for all these things that were happening, like structured in, in a, in a reader user-friendly way, like meeting people where they are in the inbox. And we still, you know, I, I, I still, I'm, I'm a perfectionist and like whenever we miss something and like, you know, the term sheet or the contract reporter on the move, I like beat myself up, but there's so much happening. It is obviously such a global industry and it's not just an industry. You know, our whole, our whole spiel is that the commercial space industry is taking off, but narrative violation, like obviously governments and militaries are still in the driver's seat. Let's not kid ourselves. And, 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 but, but, but it, it is so big. There's so much happening. And so, yes, all that is to say, you know, they're, they're, don't want to give away like Palo's roadmap on, on the podcast, but there are, there's more newsletters that we could be sending for specific verticals and whatnot. And, and we have, you know, uh, we have, we have, I'm only going to shout out your monthly newsletter because you sent it this week. Uh, but, but there's like the investing Arita's marketing, Rachel with the excellent parallax, and, but there's, I mean, there's so many other verticals that you could imagine us launching on a less Correct. frequent cadence than daily. And I, you know, I just yeah. want to underscore, I just want to like, uh, we will, I'm going to put the meme in, in post-production of Obama, putting a, a medal over Obama. Um, I, I want, I just want to underscore Pat, uh, the newsroom on the back, a daily newsletter is hard. Like it, it's, it's a lot yep. of work. So. We can bleep that out too. Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, 100%, 100%. But um, uh, there, there's a, a lot more that we need to talk about, including talking a little bit more about space, but it is time for a short break to hear about our sponsors. Innovation requires early stage funding, but space startups don't have many options. Um, space Ventures is the world's first space investment portal offering direct access to investment deals and lets you back innovative space startups. Um, as, as I'd mentioned before, they are launching an effort to open an investment round into SpaceX. Over a thousand investors have pledged to invest $17.1 million so far. Um, the more investors pledge, the stronger the chance is for SpaceX to conduct a community round on space ventures. You can be among um, the first retail investors to have the opportunity to invest in SpaceX by heading over to their website and pledging to invest. There's no commitment required. So check out their website, Spaced Ventures. That's ED, Spaced Ventures, for more information. Um, spaceventures.com for more information. Thanks, everyone. We're back. Uh, all right. And uh, we're, we're back. And it looks like we have uh, uh, another uh, guest for the show today. Ryan, tell us who this is. Kobe, say hi. This is Kobe. He is my best friend. He's my king. And he's, he's our family dog. And I, I grew up in Dallas. Uh, my, my dad is, my dad's a supporter of payload. He reads the newsletter. He doesn't listen to the podcast, so he's not going to hear this. Um, I'm, I'm obviously back at my house in Austin. Uh, I took Kobe back with me saying I would bring him back like soon, but I think, you know, it's Kobe's going back to Dallas over my dead body. So yeah, Kobe, Kobe's my is dog. It, he, he's, he's a, he's a, Shiba, it, he's a Shiba Inu, which, which everyone, you know, you might not know the name, but you've seen a Shiba Inu before because they are the most viral internet dogs. Like Kobe, Kobe, uh, Kobe is the, the founder of, of Dogecoin. Like it's, he's the same, he, he is the doge. He's the doge. Um, so, so, so Ryan, um, I want to talk a little bit about journalism in the space industry. Um, and really, I, I think if you talk to most folks, um, especially folks that aren't in the industry, right? Um, what do you know? What do you think about the space industry? What's happening? I think most would say, most would talk about Bezos and Musk and Branson and the words billionaire and space race um, would come up, right? 
um, more specifically around tourism and what those three um, entrepreneurs are doing for the tourism industry. Um, and, you know, just really so oftentimes compared to sort of their pet projects. So like, why do you think that's the case? And why do you think the mainstream media isn't more interested in the actual important stories? And there's many, many more that we can, there's many that we can talk about, but, but what, why do you think this is the case yeah, that yeah. mainstream audience is so focused on the wrong thing? I mean, it's partially the incentives of media, but it's also like, it's on the consumer, like it's human psychology. People don't, people, I'm, I'm like, people don't, aren't going to want to read about like the complexities of electric propulsion for satellites versus, oh, billionaires are going to space. And, 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 you know, it's, it's a problem for the industry because the, there's, there's this, this massive disconnect between what is actually happening, where the real value is and what the public, the general public's perception of, of, of everything that's going on in spaces. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see things like dart, uh, and, and JWST, uh, pierce, pierce through that because that, that's, that's like the, the surest way for the f folks at NASA, but also for like us and, and for everyone in the industry, uh, the, the, the surest way to like, know that, that s s a space story is, is, you know, a, a trending topic or a main character as, as you would put it on Twitter right. is like people text me and they're like, yo, like, have you heard of like this James Webb space telescope or like this, this dart? And it's like, yes, we've been writing about it for nine months, but I'm, I'm, I'm like being, you know, <laughs> being facetious, but like, that's great. I love that because there, there's a massive disconnect. And I think that part no, of that, I... part of that lies with the inherent complexities of every of all of this uh but 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 it's still a big opportunity because to return to an earlier point like the, there is a baseline inherent level of of curiosity and interest in, in space but going you know one or ten levels deeper you start to lose people and 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 the well, billionaire the, bill, the the billionaire space race is like a very interesting storyline you know, what's not as interesting is earth observation and manufacturing satellite buses. And despite those being much more important and, and like generating more revenue and on, on like the government, on the military and civil, like they're all, this is much more important than, than to date, like pe people going, going to space, like consumers going to space. But it's, it's, you know, it, 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 it's a, a, a compelling narrative or storyline. But I, I think, you know, like, like Payload's a news organization and we are like an unbiased source of space news, but we have views. Like we are pro space. I'm, I'm sorry. Like we're, we're pro space and, 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 you know, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna kid anyone and say that like, when, when we see that being, that narrative being propagated by anyone like it's bold, it, we're going to call it out. Cause like, that is not, that's not what's driving, you know, space forward. It, 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 it you yeah. know, it's an increasingly aspect, important aspect of, of the industry and like, uh, yes, access to space for humans and for payloads and for everything is, is opening up and, and like, we'll be there to cover it, but it's not the only thing going on. And to, to cast off space as like a billionaire's, uh, a playground, you know, you miss, missing, missing the forest for the trees. Yeah, no, I, I, I certainly agree with that. Um, and I think I told you guys, uh, I don't know, it was like a couple of months ago, but I was at a dinner when, uh, I, you know, you know, it was with a, a, a number of, uh, friends who are all kind of in various, um, really amazing roles in the tech industry. And the, you know, the starship came up and no one, no one, literally no one at that dinner knew what starship was, which was pretty, um, I mean, at the time I was like shocked. But it just kind of made me realize that the mainstream audience um, uh, view on space and what's important is definitely um, is definitely uh, d very different from what we kind of perceive sort of within the space bubble. But from that perspective, Ryan, I would like to ask you, like, um, on a more maybe grander vision, like, what is the mission of Payload? Like, what are we looking to achieve here? Um, and, you know, how do you think about um, you know, everything from like the voice of payload and the way you built sort of the newsletter, um, you know, there, there's mm -hmm. memes in the newsletter, right? Like, and, and there's a rhyme or reason for that. It's not random. Mimetic payload. Exactly. 
but 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 talk yeah. a little bit about yeah. like what what is the mission yeah. and, and, and how mean, have you kind of built like this product to kind of help enable that mission yeah so one of, one of the the great ironies of the space industry is despite how cutting edge and you know how much complex engineering and how high-tech everything is a lot of aspects of it are still stuck in the stone age and like are very analog and you know that's like goes for like marketing and and and, and pr and just like external facing functions or, or basically any business functions and that you know it's not a knock on like the brilliant technical people building the future but it it is often the case and it's very obvious that that a lot of these functions are afterthoughts or cast aside as insignificant because in, because you know you're in search of building the next amazing uh, space vehicle or, or whatever and, but but i i think that there isn't uh, uh, one, let's start with the newsletter and we're a digital media company. So we are newsletter first. We are not just the space. We're not just a newsletter. Um, hopefully everyone listening to this realizes that obviously, but, but I think that that's half the battle. Like the, the, the channel and the medium is really important. And, and this is not, I'm not speaking uniquely to the space vertical, but a lot of organizations that do news treat newsletters not as their own product, but as a, a vessel to, to, to push people to their website. That's not effective. Like we are, we spend a lot of time. I have spent 50 hours like designing the newsletter and, and, you know, refining things and, and building like our general model of, of how we think about things, uh, because it, it, that's the end experience. And of course the newsletter has tons of links with the optionality to go find, to, to go to another destination. But when we send payload, payload out every day, our goal is not to drive someone somewhere. It's to give them the product and meet them where they are. So that's the first part. The second part of course is the, the voice, the tone, the style. That's, that's an art more than a science. And I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm lucky because I, I kind of get, get to, to steer the course on that and, and set the tone, but there's, there's not really, you know, people, people will know what I, what, what we mean by when we're talking about voice tone style of payload. Like, again, yeah. we're, we're not like biased. We're not opinionated, but like we will make jokes and we will, we will do things with our copy and with our, our, our newsletter that you would never see and, and, uh, Bloomberg or the wall street journal, like it's fun. And, and that that's, it's, it's fun, but, but not over overly like overly, you know, it's not, it, it's fun when it, when it's appropriate to be fun. Like we're not gonna correct <laughs> yeah. today. Today's story. Yeah. About, we're, I mean, we're obviously today, reporting today's, on today's story about like, uh, by, by Rachel about like ties between, Chinese and media, uh, Chinese and Russian, um, media and, and like think tank perceptions of the U S space program and how it's highly linked with, with, uh, perceptions of nuclear capabilities. We're not going to make a, a joke in that story, but yeah, you know, uh, for obvious reasons, the last part is, is how we think about coverage and curation. And so the shorthand that I would use to describe this is in, in my estimation, I think that 80% of mindshare broadly defined. And so that can be, that can be, uh, you know, if you break that out, it's like, it's like headlines, uh, it's mainstream media coverage and like social media chatter and, and, you know, existing media coverage for, for space is 80% is focused on SpaceX and NASA. And we love SpaceX and NASA. Don't get me wrong. However, there's a lot of people, you know, it's, it's, it's saturated. I internally, as you, as you're well aware, like I call that commodity news. Like we don't have the access that like Eric Berger has, and we're not going to beat Eric Berger, but that's not what we're trying to do. And, and, and there are so many folks that are doing a great job, but, but because of this, like 80%, you know, that only leaves 20% for everything else. And so that's all the other, you know, uh, uh foreign space agencies, everything going on, like in the U S all the rest of the commercial space sector. And so payload, and this of course is not, you know, it's not an empirical science. Like 
we haven't, I haven't measured what the exact story breakdown is, but it's directionally accurate. So we flip that on its head and we do 80% for the rest, I would say, and 20% on the more like high covered things. And, and another good way, uh, 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 another good way of thinking about this is launch. We love a good rocket launch as much as the next space nerd. However, we are not going to win on covering launch. And I think there are so many folks out there who do a great job of it, but you know, back to the earlier point, yeah. there's so much, there's so much else going, like there's so much going on. I, I spoke, you know, I spoke, I spoke to a high profile investor and a high profile journalist who, who have for, for various reasons, vested interests in like finding out more about space. And it's just like, the surface level understanding of what's happening in space, it, 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 you know, it proves this, this thesis out. Like people are like, what are, what are the sectors of space? And, and, and most people just think rockets and, and, and if they, if they get to satellites, they're already in the 90th percentile. It's so I, I, yeah, I, I, this, this begets another topic though. And it's an existential problem for me is like, we're, we don't write for, consumers, right? We, we write for the space industry and for folks in government, uh, and military space. But like, we, we think because, because of the nature of what we do, like I, I, we think about this all the time. It's like, and, and it's, it's, it's a a challenge, an opportunity for us, but the rest of the industry is like bridging that gap, bringing more folks into the fold. So, um, you you said in a, you sit in a very uh, unique vantage point, right? Because obviously you talk to a lot of folks. You you um, you're able to kind of see a lot of what's happening in the industry. A lot of that, a lot that unfortunately doesn't make it to the newsletter for a lot of the reasons that we've talked about. But um, maybe talk a little bit about you know what are some of the stories um, or themes that are overlooked or maybe not getting nearly as much attention as they sh- as they should because you know there is a there is a focus on launch and I you, you know you mentioned launch earlier and like you're right like. When there's a launch, my Twitter feed is blowing up because 10 different people are talking about every single thing from like engine ignition to stage separation to, you know, to second engine cutoff to everything, right? Every little thing is being tweeted and there, and that's great, but like, we're not going to win on that, right? There's too many people focused on that. So, um, what are some stories that are just overlooked that you think need more, need more folks thinking about them? Everything. I I mean, this, this show, I could have, this show, I could have like just laundered. I could have laundered uh, uh, great insights from the amazing slate of Pathfinder guests that we've had, and I haven't done it yet. I'll start. I'll start now. I mean, like uh, Caleb, who was who was on a few weeks ago, he talks about this a lot. Like ground is the ground segment is is super overlooked because it's unsexy. Um, but I, I mean, literally, I, I would say like every. every part of the ecosystem except launch. And, and then I suppose, you know, I I would, I would actually say, I would say launch and then also like, like space to earth. I think, um, people, people, people are kind of aware the, the, the the recycling (laughs) trucks here, uh, people are, people are, people, I think most people are aware that like, we're going back to the moon. Um, still it's, it's, it's surprises us how, how many people, if you were to poll, you know, uh, the, the U S adults, like the, the general public, it's, it's, I, I think we'd still be surprised at what percentage of people do know that. And, and then also you know, segue, uh, what percent of people, Americans think that the moon landing's fake, but I digress. Sure. Uh, but, but, um, I, I think, I think that, you know, the, the answer is really just like everything, all the unsexy parts, the indispensable parts of the supply chain, the industry, all of that, that those are the yeah. stories. I mean, if no, if, no, no. I, if I, I had, yeah, if I had fun. to give you, if I had to give you one, I don't know, private space stations, like what Axiom is doing, um, like the, the, in, in a few years, all, everything that's going to be happening with OSAM and ISAM. Or, or I, I don't know. I, I think Redwire says I Sam, so it's not nod to Redwire. But but like you know, like 
There will be there there North like Northrop has done like they're a robot they're going to be robotic servicer spacecraft active debris removal gas station like like on orbit tankers all of that you know people people don't people don't know about that so and and then I mean yep. this is not an overlooked story uh, but and I think actually this is like pretty 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 well like like would would, would pull pretty well in terms of like name recognition, but, but, uh, but, but, and, and so this is like the exact opposite of what you asked me, but the, the, the Leo, uh, broadband constellations, like, I think that's on a lot of people's radars now because Starlink and SpaceX, but also like Apple and, you know, all the, all like Timo, like all, like household names entering the, the fray. So. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Um, now, uh, I do want to start shifting a bit um, towards your kind of previous role, and um, I, I do want to ask a little bit about um, hype cycles. I know you've spent quite a bit of time on hype cycles as um, oh you know, someone who is an instrumental in building uh, emerging oh tech crew. Oh, my God. Um, t- t- give, me your, give me your assessment on what part of the hype cycle are we in. I don't think you even, I don't think you even know this. But I and I'm going to put I'm going to put it in over overlay it in the video and put it in the show notes for whoever's listening. But I tweeted the Gardner hype cycle. I made a meme, and it was really detailed. And it was about the metaverse, but it was before anyone was talking about the metaverse. And it was with a bunch of obscure references. And I was like, all right, banger tweet. Like three people are gonna like it. Like the TAM for this tweet's super low, and it went viral. Um, you know, like I like a couple thousand likes, uh, and this was again, like way before Facebook changed their name to meta and stuff. Um, so yes, I am, I'm well-versed in, in the, the hype cycle and, and the, the memeing of the hype cycle. Uh, so are you, you're asking, are you asking where, where space is? Yeah, correct. Where do you think space is right now in that, in that hype cycle? I know that's not the perfect way to describe it, but you know, it's an interesting way to kind of think about the industry right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to decline to answer categorically. I think a more, a more useful exercise would be to break it out, uh, and, and, and yeah, to break it out. And I, I'm not, I'm not sure it's, it's, it's a good question. Um, I, I obviously di- didn't give this a ton of thought. I don't, I didn't know you were going to ask this to be fair, but I, I <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 let me, let me pull up Uzi. Well, I'll get, let, let me, I'll give you, I'll give you sort of. Mo, Mo, it depends who you ask, right? Like a lot of people will tell you that we're at the peak of inflated expectations because, uh, the space. On the commercial back, side. The space. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, on, on the government side, they're at the, the slope or the slope of enlightenment or they're, they're at like the, they're all the way along. Um, and I mean, you know, like Artemis one, uh, the SLS is a shit show, but dart was, dart was like, uh, I think $300 million and it was, it was sick and, 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 and it worked, uh, smashed expectations and was super cost effective. And, uh, and, and so like there, you know, and, 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 you know, obviously JWST is like over budget and behind schedule, but it, that was also a, there were hundreds of points of failures and, and, it, and it, it worked and it's, it's doing amazing work. So, uh, and, and then on, on the military side, I, I mean, like, like they're, they're chugging up government space is like, they're not on the hype cycle. Like they're, they're, yeah. they're just doing their thing. Uh, the commercial space industry though, I think for our purposes is, is what you're asking about. It, yeah, it, 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 it just depends who you ask. Like a lot of people and, 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 you know, a lot of people in your Rolodex, like would be like, we are at the, the peak of inflated expectations because of uh, zero interest rates and, and just the froth with, with, with the, uh, pan, the, the, the earlier, you know, p- pandemic years and, uh, you know, st- stimulus, yeah. stimmies, stimmies, uh, and, and, and SPACs, obviously and SPACs. Uh, and so it, and so I think in that sense, I think in that sense, you, you could, you could score that like kind of peak of inflated expectations, maybe, maybe starting to slope downwards. Um, we haven't, you know, we haven't reported a lot of this out, but obviously 
there, there are some startups that are struggling and, you know, some, some have gone under, uh, and there's been layoffs, that sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, and, and you literally, we talked about this when I used to be the host of Pathfinder and you were a guest, uh, like it, it's, it's, you know, space spending is, is, is somewhat counter cyclical. And it's also, like I said earlier, like, like government's kind of in the driver's seat and because of, because of, you know, rising geopolitical tensions with China, but also Russia's invasion of Ukraine, like it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a catalyst for, for space spending writ large. And, 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 you know, as, as regular uh, readers of payload will know, like week in, week out, like there's still tons of deals in the private market, tons of contracts, all of that is still happening. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. Versus um, crypto. Um, I, versus crypto. Well, well, well that, that, that'll be for another table, day. Table, um, yeah. Now, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask one last question before we jump into some more fun stuff, um, just in the interest of time. Can you give us and, and the audience a little bit of a preview of what to expect from the editorial staff over the next year? Any new products that folks should be excited about? Well, I hinted, I already hinted at it. There's a, there's a new vertical that will... There, there's a new vertical that will be launching soon. And what that means is there's a new weekly newsletter that we are highly confident will be launching soon. Beyond yes. that, I don't think we have any super high profile, uh, like new product launches in the works. I think the focus is going to be, again, continuing to move the needle and push forward on original reporting and analysis. Um, I, I, I think, you know, you, you could you could see us like moving up, uh, like uh, like up the stack, ver like into more like research and analysis that sort of thing. Uh, right now, we still have a very newsletter first uh, approach. Uh, I think we could lean more into web first, given like the bandwidth that we that we now have. And then, I, yeah, I mean, really, for 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 me, like from a strategic sense. Moving, just moving uh, beyond the inbox. I think that'll be a big focus for us. That's not to say yeah. that, that that's not to, that the newsletter will still get all the the love, time, and attention that it deserves and merits. And it's still at the end of the day, right? Like from the business side, the newsletter is the cash cow. But also from like the 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 you know that that's where we're reaching our audience most. But I I, I do I do think that it, it's imperative for us to to really focus on moving beyond the inbox over the next year. I, and I like that answer because, uh, you know, we do have a, a, a product launch coming up, but, you know, we don't want to give away too much of the secret sauce of next yeah. year. So yeah. we'll, uh, we'll keep everyone, we'll keep everyone on their toes. Um, All okay. right. So Wait, I, I'm going to put you, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. This is the only question I'm going to ask. Okay. You and I have internal tensions about like sharing company numbers, you know, like build quote unquote, build in public. What's your reticence to like if, if tomorrow I wanted to share how many subscribers payload daily has, or like parallax has, sometimes you're like, Hmm, we should, we should think we should talk about this more. We should think about this. That's a good, that's a, it's a good question. Um, I, I actually don't, don't think I have that, um, reticence anymore. Um, once we it hit 10,000, I think it, that it was, was okay, that was okay. really the, fair, it was up fair. until it was up until the 10,000 point, because I just wanted to, for me, I mean, look, there, there's, I don't have, I, I, to be quite frank, I don't know if I have a good answer for you. It was really, um, from my perspective. No, that that's a that's a good answer. Um, yeah, I just wanted. It, I, I I thought waiting till that milestone was very important because it really did set us into the echelon of all the other um, organizations out there. And I was like, once we hit that number, but yeah, no, I mean, I would love, I'd be happy for us to keep really sharing how quickly we're growing with the industry because it's it's exciting. It's exciting. But you're absolutely right. I think I think you, the the build in public mantra is something that I do respect tremendously, and I know you have a tremendous faith in. Um, but let's just maybe use this moment to say like going forward, we'll, we'll, we'll do that a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, that, that's a good answer. I, I the, the big round number and, and I like it worked it, you're right. Like it worked in our, our favor. Um, but back to, back to you. Yeah. So, um, no, but it's a great question. It's, and it's totally fair. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask a bunch of different questions and you, you get no more than 15 seconds, maybe 30 seconds to answer each one. All right, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run through them quickly because I think uh, there's some good ones in here. So the first question we're gonna start with is your favorite space, book, movie, or show. You can pick one, but what's your favorite? 
Ah, (laughs) nothing else needs to be said. Um, If you could answer one big question that we don't have the answer to today, this is a question from Jess, actually our very own Jess, um, which is like, you know, what is dark matter? Are there aliens out there? The origins of religion? Yeah, where, where are they? Where are the aliens? Where are the aliens? It's not, it's not, it's not a binary, it's not a binary, like, yes, no, are there aliens? It's like, where are they? Yeah, where are they? We're the closest ones. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Um, what is uh, your favorite way to waste an hour? What is a guilty pleasure you have more time for? Maybe we can, we can, you can answer either one. I, I, I don't know. I mean, probably not wasting an hour, but I think this is like a hobby oriented question. I, I'm, I'm running against the clock, 15 seconds, uh, flying my drone. Okay, fair. Um, if you could have any other job in the world, what would it be? Oh, oh, 100% CEO, which by the way, this exists. You go to www.duffy.industries. I have a side gig that is Duffy Industries and it would like be the CEO of that and be a, a full stack like meme agency that makes millions of dollars a year. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting answer. <laughs> like, like, like that, that is, that is, I, I, yes, like, like making a being, being, becoming a billionaire through memes is, is what the other job yes. that I would have. All right. There you go. And, and, and <laughs> you prob- probably were not expecting that. For, for those of you who don't know, definitely follow Ryan on Twitter um, because he does have some pretty awesome memes and uh, they're oftentimes very topical. So definitely hats off to you for that. Um, okay. So uh, give us your dream person both living and dead to have on the podcast as a guest living. I mean, I, living, do I need, do I need to answer? Like everyone knows who it would I, be. honestly, there's a few I can think of. So I don't actually know. You're gonna have to tell us. It would be the person, the most important person in, in the space industry. Um, and, I, and, I, I, and prop I, maybe I, future I owner of, of Twitter. Like, I mean, everyone knows Every, yes. 99.99999% of listeners will know who I'm speaking about. Uh, <laughs> oof, uh, Dead. Oh, man, that's that's uh, that's tough. I mean, maybe maybe like Von Braun, like, and we we'll talk about. That's what I was. That's what I, that's what that's what I would have answered. To be quite honest, but but like but like you know, I I think I think that we we have we have a job we have a job to do here at Payload and like like you know recent episode like it was a relatively kind of newsworthy episode and like it it, it wasn't super fun or comfortable for me to ask some of the tougher questions, but like, I, I, I would, I would want to ask him about rockets and, and the U S space program, but I would also want to ask about like operation paperclip and like the extent yep. of, 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 you know, what he was doing and, and, and how read in he was to what was going on in Nazi Germany. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, uh, th- Ooh, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, that's a dark, it's a dark answer, but like, I, yeah, I don't know. He's obviously a very important, uh, figure, singular figure in the, 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 the history of space. So, yeah, no, I, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, all right. Last question. You can take a little bit more than 15 to 30 seconds if you'd like on this one. Um, what are you most excited about in, uh, in terms of development milestones, product launches over the course of the next year within that's happening in the space industry? Like, what are you most excited about? The pick one. You can pick a couple. Mm, uh, I mean, I, I, it seems like the can still keeps getting kicked down the road. Like I want, I, the entire, I've had this mustache for eight, eight months, but all summer people were like, oh, nice. Like Miles Teller, Top Gun mustache. It's like, I haven't even seen the movie. Like I just have this mustache. I didn't grow this mustache because Miles Teller, he, he might, you know, obviously Miles Teller is like way hotter than me and looks better with it, but I didn't, it's not a Miles Teller inspired mustache. All that is to say, I eventually watched Top Gun and it was amazing. I've watched it like four times. I am very, I'm very eagerly awaiting uh, Axiom and whoever their entertainment partner, I forget the name, uh, Space Entertainment Studios. I want to see the Tom Cruise space movie. Um, The Russian one I've watched parts of, but like, I don't, I don't speak Russian. And I think, I think that, I think the, the next space movie will be better, but I don't know. <laughs> the 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 next year. What am I looking forward to? Like the amount of missions that launch on time and don't get pushed back. So that that's yep. like going to be rare enough that that's that's a a reasonable answer. I would say. I'm 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 just glad you didn't say Starship because that would I feel like that's like ninety five percent of probably like the industry's answers. But yes, yes, exactly. And I'm I'm not 
I mean, it's a good, it's a good answer. And personally, like being in Austin, like I'm going to go, I think like if we, if we can do it, like I'm going to go drive down and watch it because it's like seven hours, but who knows? Yeah. So, I mean, supposedly it's going to happen in the second, second half of December. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Supposedly. Well, we'll see. Well, fingers crossed. We obviously want it to happen and want it to be successful, but, um, Ryan, it was a pleasure. Thanks for being a guest on uh, my show for the day. Um, but lucky, uh, you'll be happy to know that you're getting the reins back and uh, you will uh, continue to be our um, awesome host um, for Pathfinder um, and many more amazing guests to come that we're uh, all very, very excited about. But uh, thank you for, for, uh, for being here and, and thanks to all the listeners for listening in today. Thanks, Bo. Great job.